0: This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook podcast. Okay, welcome back to Sportsbook. I'm Dan Roberts, your host, and we are always talking on this show about various sports. We're talking about golf events. We're talking about the NFL. We talk about baseball and supposed waning interest in baseball. And we've recently discussed ESPN's new efforts to reach sports fans where they are. Uh, I reviewed at our website, Yahoo Finance, the new service from ESPN. It is the first-ever ESPN, first-ever Disney direct-to-consumer effort. It's called ESPN+, Plus, and it is a way to stream a number of live sports, but nothing that is on the TV channel. So it is additive. It is not what a lot of people want and hoped for. But if you're a huge college sports fan, there's a lot there for you. If you're a huge fan of 30 for 30s, there's a lot there, the full library of 30 for 30s. All of this is, of course, part and parcel of one large movement, and that is the dissolution and fragmentation of live sports viewing on traditional television, thanks to, I would argue, the proliferation of social media. Uh, A lot of people just don't feel as compelled to turn on the TV and watch a full game anymore when they know that they can follow along on Twitter. Uh, I'll give you a good example. The other night, the Predators were playing hockey, and it is the playoffs. Uh, I'm a Boston fan, so I should have been watching the Celtics game. But arguably, my girlfriend is a bigger Preds fan than I am a Celtics fan. And so I caved and I was watching the Preds, but I didn't even feel like I missed the Celtics game because I had Twitter. I was seeing all the tweets from good Celtics and NBA beat reporters that I follow. I was seeing little dunks, even though hypothetically certain outlets aren't supposed to be able to get those clips. They do and they can and they yank them and, you know, uh, notice and warning be damned. And sometimes you get a warning and sometimes you don't. I once heard an NFL team's social media person describe it to me as whack-a-mole. The league will occasionally send you a notice and say that you shouldn't be posting that video of that touchdown. But they won't always send you a notice because they can't get everyone. So anyway, the point is that Twitter has certainly contributed to the fragmentation of live sports viewing and to cord cutting. How much is up for debate. But here's the news today as we sit down and record this. Twitter has inked a number of new partnerships – with a slew of media outlets and content creators that will create new exclusive shows for Twitter. Live shows. Of course, this isn't the first we've heard of this. It's a very crowded space. Bloomberg, here in the business press, has TikTok. There's Cheddar. There's AM2DM, which is a BuzzFeed morning show. There is a lot of live Twitter-only content, and there's about to be more, because ESPN uh, is going to do a Twitter-only sports center. So it's time to take a look at this, to take a step back and uh, put on our bird's-eye-view goggles. Uh, if we rewind all the way to August when we launched this sportsbook podcast, our first episode with, was with the CEO of Barstool Sports, Eric Nardini, and we focused on the media and cord-cutting and how people get their sports news now. And it's changing rapidly. And so to discuss all this, my pal, my Yahoo Finance colleague, markets man, and sports fan, especially golf, Miles Udland.
1: Dan. Thanks for having me on to discuss Tiger Woods going tailor-made through the bag.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, surprise everyone, we're not going to talk about Deep dive on Tiger's sports equipment today. We'll talk about Tiger and golf. No, no, no. Let's talk about sports streaming. So this is interesting, Miles. I mean, I saw this and I thought, oh. But I also remember when, not that long ago, I saw, oh, ESPN is going to do a sports center for Snapchat. And fast forward a few months, here we are. It exists. Uh, I've watched it. I actually think it's pretty good. But it's not good enough to keep Snapchat on my phone. I deleted the app for for a few weeks. It was the only reason I had Snap. Uh, you know, maybe that's a separate discussion about about the user base of Snapchat. But you know, it's sort of like companies launch new ventures and then the noise fades. And maybe some people enjoy it, maybe some don't. Are you even aware of the Sports Center for Snapchat?
1: Yeah, I've seen it uh, a few times the worst part is that they don't have all the rights, right? So, you know, when you're like the NBA, you sign a rights agreement with ESPN and all your, in TNT and all your partners, and they're allowed to use footage in certain situations. You know, I, I know of an example um, that actually happened on ESPN Broadcast Network. They had NBA Coast to Coast, which was like a live NBA, well, a, in theory, a live NBA show that would do like a NFL Red Zone type, you know, live look in at all the games. But if they wanted to show, Live action in a game, it actually had to be tape delayed because ESPN didn't have the rights to the live sport for that specific show. They had the live rights for, you know, the Friday night game or the ABC Sunday afternoon game or whatever it is. So the Sports Center, you know, the ESPN Sports Center Snapchat product is not the full Sports Center because right. Sports
0: Center is the property that has all the rights for all of that. And in fact, they do a top 10 plays. And very often I notice they're missing, like, three of the biggest plays that happen in sports, and it's because they can't show it.
1: Exactly. So, um, you know, all the, all the rights and sort of who owns this content has been a very interesting conversation over the last, you know, let's say five years when Twitter and Instagram really became a big thing. And, of course, it's very different league to league. You know, MLB has a very uh, deep bench, I guess you could say, in terms of how they distribute their digital content, all the platforms you can get it on, the way that they have it embedded on sites, the availability of it, how quickly it loads. Um, So they know that all the home runs are everywhere and they want them to all be everywhere. NBA is also pretty good about that. The NFL is a little more tricky. The NFL likes things to be where the NFL wants Mm -hmm. them to be. Buttoned up, yep. Yeah, they they just want their highlights to be shown basically on Certified Broadcast Partners' approved social media channels and or an NFL-owned property like nflnetwork.com or nfl.com or a team website and things like that so as we get into twitter now having live rights and uh you know espn plus app launching it just feels to me like the company that you know the the distributors um and the platforms themselves are just trying to find a way to get people to watch stuff that they're not watching as much and so i'm skeptical of the whole I'm skeptical of the broad success of, let's say, Twitter streaming some ESPN content. One, because fewer people are watching SportsCenter in general, and I don't think, you know, you, you've you written and, and talked a lot about, like, The Six um, yep. and the, the struggles that that show had, and was it about Jamel Hill, was it about Michael Smith, was it about their dynamic, and I, I just don't think any of that is particularly fair. Like, p- people just don't turn on the Six O'Clock SportsCenter as much as they used to. You know, I can remember right. coming home from school and... You know, we had one computer that had internet, but it was kind of slow and you didn't really go on the internet. So you come home from school or after practice or whatever and you put on SportsCenter while you, you know, pretend to do your homework. And that's just what I did. And, you know, we have a lot of colleagues who have kids and that's not what their kids do right. at all. And so I think that's the main problem with this stuff. It's just like people don't watch as many basketball games. I mean, you know, we could talk about the ratings and how good they are and gross numbers. But the reality is that these things are not as central, I think, to people's media consumption experiences as they used to be and so all of these additional platforms that have this stuff kind of make me shrug but i guess you know uh, i guess i'm supposed to be excited about it i don't know are you are you thrilled with the ability to watch more sports center content on twitter do you you think you're going to find yourself doing that
0: i think i will find myself doing it i wouldn't say i'm thrilled but let's stick with sports center i mean i think there's a lot there and it's a really interesting phenomenon um I agree. Of course, people of all ages are less inclined than ever to watch it as a daily occurrence. It is no longer a daily event. I think some people, if they watch a game, a primetime game at night, the game ends and you stick around for Scott Van Pelt and the Midnight Sports Center. And I know because I've jumped into the numbers here that all four of the daily primetime Sports Center time slots are down in ratings. But Scott Van Pelt's Midnight Sports Center is down the least of all of them. It is flat in the last year and, and two years in terms of the ratings. So I guess it's a success compared to the others. I agree with you. Everyone hemmed and hawed over the six PM Sports Center. Oh, it's because Jamel's too political. I think it's actually because they tried to bring their dynamic, which is a talk show, to a sports center, and it's not just six PM where they've tried to do that. I interviewed the the guy who was running Sports Center, Rob King. Now he's doing something else, but this is about a year and a half ago, and he said we're trying to do personality driven programming. We want all of our shows to be personality driven. People tune into the 11 p.m. Sports Center because they love Kenny Mayne. They tune into the midnight because they love Scott Van Pelt. I don't really agree with that actually. Now, of course, yes, a lot of people have allegiances to certain personalities, but I think the joy and usefulness of Sports Center always was that it was a highlights show. They would run through the highlights, maybe they did it in a fun way, but it recapped for you all the scores and news and it showed you what you missed. It was a utility. And I find now that even though they still do that, and I'm sure ESPN people would vigorously disagree and say, of course, that's still the top priority. That's still what it is a news program. They have made all of these sports center time slots, and they say this and acknowledge this, more of a, of a layback feel, more of a personality driven, more of a talk show, too. And personally, I don't want that. So it's not just about Jamel, it's all of the sports centers. I want it to be a simple, hard news program. There's still room for fun within that, but I want it to be a news program. So to bring back to the news, I do think that if it goes on Twitter, it would be useful to me, unless and unfortunately I bet they'll do this unless that unless just like the ones on TV now, they try to make it more of a fun funny talky show personality driven thing. You know, I could easily see them having Katie Nolan, who's recently joined ESPN, host the Twitter Sports Center and it's kind of jokey and fun and yes, at times that's fun, but again, I want the news. Give me all the six games that have happened in the last twenty four hours and what the scores were, and show me the best dunk or the best touchdown.
1: yeah, okay, so I think um <clears throat> you know I think it's pretty clear to me when we say things like. Uh, we want SportsCenter to be personality driven. That essentially we're harkening back to like Stu Scott, Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen, all the guys that we, right. that everyone remembers really falling in love with ESPN. I mean, creating essentially sports media uh, in the late 90s, which, you know, when we were kids, which, so we thought everything was better because we were kids and we weren't adults <laughs> and, you know, life was just better when you're young. Why would you, we criticize it? Anything? Exactly. But I, I think that the reason that those personalities succeeded, and I, I, this is not an ESPN thing at all, I think this is a more broad media thing that not enough people uh, talk about or really respect, which is that people become interesting and energetic personalities inside of a definite structure. So if you want to do a personality-driven show, uh, and I think this is a battle, you know, we talk about this internally a lot, like, oh, we should just have less structure, and then everyone can be themselves. And I I actually think people really realize themselves inside of a structure. I mean, it's sort of like how poetry at its peak is the best way is the best form of human communication when you have to follow certain rules and inside of those rules you find a way to unlock some sort of truth. And I think that, you know, the reason that Dan Patrick was so funny on SportsCenter and the reason that Stu Scott came up with all of those punchlines is because he knew he had three seconds to talk about this home run that you were only going to see once. And if you missed it, it was over. You you couldn't rewind the TV. And so inside of that structure he created um, and all those guys and, you know, Linda Cohn and, and Susie Colbert, they all created what is now what we think of when we think of SportsCenter. But the actual Center experience is essentially like, a I don't know, high production version of PTI, maybe. Like, you know, you have like the rundown. Ooh, and like a little I don't bit know of, if I totally agree. A little bit sure. of chit chat, a little bit of highlights. Uh, I still prefer nine, SportsCenter P- to PTI, nine things, I think I'm rare. Nine things about the NFL that happened today. I mean, that's <laughs> right, sort of right. what the template is. Um, and I think the success of PTI, of course, is you know based on the fact that those two guys know each other for a long time and the fact yeah. that that show has structure. That show well, has a lot of structure. Also- and inside of that, you get to be more creative. So I don't know that having a more freewheeling, loosey-goosey, you know twitter streamed experience not just for sports center but for anything for yeah. a comedy central show for an mtv show i'm not exactly sure that that's a great experience i think this is just companies chasing where they think people want to get their media but where they actually don't you know what people want on twitter they want news and they want some dumb jokes that they can retweet that's mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. that's what twitter's really for and all this kind of accessory stuff feels to me like just it's just looking for a customer that that doesn't exist mm.
0: by the way there's a term neither of us have used yet but we're circling around it when we talk about personality driven what do we really mean we're talking about hot takes we're talking about opinions i mean the model is skip screaming well, I, at stephen a smith but on i don't think it has take. to be
1: it, has, it doesn't have to be as hot as that right it, no, i mean you can have someone you know, who just has let me a, has give you my point.
0: little nuance you know here here's what everyone's missing about lebron i mean you know svp does that Jamel hill does that michael smith does yeah. they all do that in their SVP way does that once a night in a special segment like here's my big thought or what's it called the big picture thing uh, one that. big I think yeah, it's one, one big, big thing. thing I love that
1: um, no I, I think if you watch I think if you watch an SVP Sports Center I think it's actually very clear that the whole thing is very you know Scott van Pelty I don't know how else to say okay. it I think it's just very it's very much him uh, and I think ESPN would love for you know any network would love for a show to have that kind of an identity um, but it's just a lot to ask of one your talent um, and two, your viewers to kind of Really, identify with each specific hour, mm-hmm. um, you know there were certain sports center pairings that that people liked more than others back in the day, but ultimately it was again inside of this format such that any talent was going to make you want to watch the show. But if the six p m sports center and the eleven p m sports center and the daytime sports center have such distinct brands, you're essentially saying, well we're looking for different customers, and I think I think the success of ESPN was based on it being just one big sports fan. It was mm. just someone who wanted all sports all the time and didn't have to
0: discern, you know, when exactly uh, they wanted to watch or didn't want to watch. It's interesting when you say. I think they're trying to aim it at a customer that doesn't exist. You know, a let's wait and see what they do for Twitter. Uh, I think that you know we can, we can give them a little credit. I, I think that you're you describe it correctly. People want news, but also funny, quick bite things, and that's why I think that whatever a sports center for Twitter looks like, I bet it'll be humorous, like the Snapchat one is. The Snapchat one is like a comedy show. You know, it's like a six-minute comedy thing, and I enjoy it. Um, So I want to ask you something that I often ask people whether they're in media or not, and it's always fruitful and interesting. Uh, We're going to take a short break, but but let me ask you this now and and think about what you're going to say. What do you do? What is your process for when there's a game you want to follow, you know you can't watch it? Maybe you're out to dinner. Maybe you're at a play. What are the various things you check to stay abreast of it and get filled in on it. Okay, so we're going to take a short break, and then we'll discuss. Welcome back to Sportsbook. Thanks for rejoining us. I'm Dan Roberts, of course, joined by Miles Udland, my colleague and sports guy and market man. Miles. Hello, Dan. I asked you before the break, what do you do when you want to be filled in on what happened in a game? Of course, we're talking about Twitter. We're talking about the extent to which we think Twitter is responsible for Disintermediating live sports on television. So, what do you do? I use the app of whatever sport I want to follow. So, wow, that I have to give you credit. You are surprising me right away. So, um,
1: both well, the the, the, well, I shouldn't say both. I mean, they're all pretty good. The PGA Tour app is pretty good. Um, that's obviously a hard sport to follow just in general because, like, who's going to sit and watch three hours of golf, uh, both weekend days, especially when it's nice out. Um the MLB at Bat app is great. Uh, I can basically follow Yankees games pitch by pitch and the NBA app is great. Um now NFL games I I will admit NFL games I use the ESPN app which is usually behind the action also I uh, you know I don't I don't really care that much about the NFL week to week mm. until like the wow. divisional playoffs like well the wild card is fun but usually there's like three teams in it that stink so uh, the divisional playoffs is where that really gets interesting and I'm just not going to care in the moment I mean I guess like everybody else I suppose I follow NFL games by just watching what my fantasy team is doing and I can figure out who's doing well and who's not by how many points people around the league have um, but there's just too much to keep up with so. I don't really try to. So, yeah, I would, I would say I use the app. I think Twitter, as a live sports experience, was really great. Um, a few years ago, I saw uh, Catherine Miller at BuzzFeed made this point yesterday, which I thought was really astute. She's a politics editor there. And she said, you know, a few years ago, you would know if something really crazy was happening if people in politics Twitter were talking about sports and people yes. in sports Twitter were talking politics. And, you know, that was how you could chart when something wild was happening. And now it's just all the time. So now there's no real clean delineation i don't feel among people that i follow on twitter among you know who's just talking about subject x and who's just talking about subject y now you could say and probably rightly i should maybe call my feed more specifically if i wanted <laughs> that kind of information but i follow the people i follow and i'm fine with that so i don't find tracking a live sporting event helpful in any way shape or form on twitter like let's take wow interesting. let's, let's take for example you know lebron what was it last wednesday made that shot yes, to win the incredible. game against you know like a classic classic lebron moment one of those vintage moments that yes. when he's retired we'll be like man what a what an, what a trip
0: well and that was the moment I, I said i was saying wow they really finally will miss the finals because the team is bad right. i was saying that until that moment then he yeah. hit that shot and i realized. No, it doesn't matter how bad all the rest of the team is. He w- he will carry the team on his back. Just to incredible, the finals.
1: just incredible. So, um, all right. So that game, I'm at home and I'm watching the game, and I'm, I guess I'm on Twitter during commercials. But there's no sense at all on my Twitter feed that this that a game is happening with LeBron right now, right? I mean, mm. I saw I think one tweet from Mark Stein, mm. uh, who's now of the New York Times, formerly of ESPN, that was basically something to the effect of. You know, th- this stretch will define, you know, you no, know, this stretch could be the last we see of LeBron in Cleveland. Because remember, it was 2-2 at that point. <clears throat> and, you know, the Cavs had been up big. The uh. Pacers came back, tied the game. And other than that, it was, you know, who knows what the Trump scandal was last Wednesday. But that's whenever that was happening in my Twitter feed, right? Okay. Um, and And it didn't matter if I was following sports reporters or politics reporters. Or, you know, business media people or, you know, random traders that are anonymous on Twitter. Like, that's what people talk about. So it's actually not very helpful for live sports. Then he makes a shot and everyone sends off one tweet right. like, oh, oh, my God, God. Oh, the f- four sirens, nine exclamation right. points. And it's over. Goat. And they, they move Goat back on. Goat emoji. And then they move on because it's 10 o'clock and Hannity's on. So, you know, <laughs> like, like, it just, yeah. Twitter is just not, it's not that great for doing live sports. And if you watch the broadcast, th- this is what I think um you know, and I guess I've decided through the course of the conversation I'm very bearish on this product. But uh, if you watch like a regular <laughs> broadcast of a TNT game, like watch the preview, you know tonight, uh, or you know the ESPN shoot-around show, they'll bring in tweets right from players or from people, <clears throat> and then have the panel react to them as if that's like a real value add, as if you couldn't have just had producers write questions or have someone make a comment that was literally the exact same thing. So they use Twitter and Instagram as if they're these great sources of new information, new insight. And that is only true in extremely local situations. As a broad like way to entry mm. to entry people into a sport doesn't matter. If you want like contract analysis on the NBA or or tit tit for tat stuff, you got Woj, Sham Sharania here at Yahoo Sports, mm-hmm. and Bobby Marks, who used to be in a front <laughs> office and they they talk about like you know cap numbers in the NBA. So you right. got three guys who are real value adds. Everyone else it's like <laughs> you know and and this is not to I'm not singling out NBA people. I'm just saying like okay, you want to bring in a tweet from a player they sent after the last game to talk about it. Like is that real is that really about Twitter or is well, that just we don't have press conferences anymore mm-hmm. so that's how the guy had to say it. Like I don't I don't see this grand vision other than the fact of this is the way it went because this is just the world, right? Like, I don't think it's this great innovation, and I don't think there's any reason that, you know, like, you would want to be just watching the sport on Twitter instead of, like, watching it on TV.
0: And yet, people love to talk about NBA Twitter as a community, it's as a phenomenon. It's insufferable. You know, how it is a, funny, it is a how, phenomenon. Hip, how clever. It is a you know, phenomenon, and That has but helped it's, people it's try exhausting. to say, oh, Twitter, you know, is like no other league in terms of the athletes, how outspoken yeah. they are, how funny they are, how they snipe back and forth at each other and chirp. Uh, You know, there's been some great stuff with um, Donovan Mitchell versus Ben Simmons for who is Rookie of the Year. And Donovan Mitchell sniping back because Ben Simmons actually already had his rookie year, but he was injured. So he's only technically still a rookie this year. Uh, But anyway, uh, to answer my own question, I'm very surprised. I have never downloaded the official apps of any leagues. I agree with you about the PGA Tour app, although during the Masters, nothing beats the Masters app. But I don't even – I guess obviously I knew they have apps, but I'm only vaguely aware of, say, the NBA app, the NFL app. Why would I have those? Now, when I want to follow a game and actually follow, like, what is the score right now, I agree with you. You wouldn't go to Twitter for that. For that, I use the ESPN app. Mm -hmm. But I think that probably everyone is the same in that they have their one thing that they trust. And then even when it is sort of disappointing to them, they rarely take the time to look around and find something better. So when I'm out with friends, I've noticed that a lot of them, they don't use the ESPN app. Instead, they use TeamStream which is Bleacher Report. Regardless, they have their one score app. Mine is ESPN, which, by the way, used to be called Score Center. Now they've consolidated. It's all one new redesigned ESPN app, which I think is pretty. I think the app is pretty good. But if I want to see discussion, so I'll give you a good specific example. Here's the thing. I I I see that there was an injury, a terrible, horrific injury, live in a game happening right now. Twitter. Gordon Hayward. Twitter. I will see the video, and I will see people saying, oh, my God, horrifying. And I will see people who are at the game, reporters saying, here's what I saw on the floor. And so it is a plus. It's like Twitter plus the ESPN app for me. Yeah, I, I so when
1: you say like if I want to see discussion, like I, I I don't know. I mean I just feel <laughs> you don't like, want any discussion. No, I just feel sometimes like like I'm like I'm crazy, right? And I only feel this way because every um, you know, and I don't mean to be too mean to you, but like <laughs> every you know, sports business or sports media type. And every executive at all these places use words like the conversation. What's happening now? <laughs> right. Like, does, It's true. Do, do people really want this stuff? Because I, I, I am like, yeah, when, when a few select things happen uh, and, you know, you bring up injuries. So like the Gordon Hayward injury is a great example of something like. All of a sudden, he's trending on Twitter. You're like, uh oh, they just started their season. That's probably not good. Then you see someone say, like, oh my God, terrible injury. So then I, you know, I'm squeamish about that. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm not going to, definitely not going to look at that. Um, but that is, I mean, that that's like one example of maybe a half dozen times this kind of stuff comes up, you know, during the year. But I, again, I mean, maybe I'm just not diehard enough about any of my specific teams or my specific sports, you know, maybe. That's you know having this kind of conversation on a day to day basis in a sports radio type way is not something that I do. So maybe I am missing mm-hmm. you know some sort of big promise of, of Twitter here. But I just don't think um, you know I think given the fact that Twitter announced these not only with ESPN but with a number of other brands, essentially all of which are um, cable networks struggling to grow their subscriber base <laughs> or actually you know struggling to stem the loss of subscribers that they're all seeing and really all continue to see. Uh, sort of with no end in sight, I I've, I find myself failing to get all that excited about it. Um, but again, perhaps I am missing some great kind of consumer engagement angle that you know I haven't been in the right meeting to, to understand.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think all that is is fair. Uh, I think that everyone just wants to being very to try grumpy to, right uh, now. No, no, no. It's no, no. This I, coffee I'm drinking. Well, no, it's good to have the bear and the bull. Um, I mean, I am sort of. Unabashedly bullish on ESPN. I think they've done a lot wrong, sure, and they've then they continually handle their own scandals poorly. But I it don't. Like it's been a while since we've had one. Though, yeah, isn't that's it? true. I don't think ESPN is like going away. No. I mean, I would agree. And I still think that here's a good example: the NFL draft this year, for the first time ever, all three days, rounds. Oh, there are more rounds. than three rounds. No, they are like seven, seven rounds, rounds. So three days. days. Yeah. All three days were broadcast live on. Uh, normal television. That is not cable. Um, you know, ne- TV. Network. Network, TV. network television network is, is the term. Uh, that, that had never happened before. And so it was a combination of ESPN, ABC, which I think was the new edition. That, that one, Saturday was on ABC. And Fox and NFL Network. And I saw Sports TV ratings, an account you and I love on Twitter, asked people, will you watch the draft on? And it was like Fox, NFL Network, or ESPN. You know, knowing that it's going to be on all of those. And it was just overwhelmingly ESPN. And it's like, even if you know it's on Fox, well, people don't choose to go to Fox. So, I mean, maybe I'm getting a little off track, but I just think ESPN is going nowhere. All mm-hmm. that said, all of the cable networks need to try to look to where the puck will be, uh, as the phrase goes that I that I overuse, that a lot of execs overuse. But you got to skate to where the puck will be, not where it is right now. If you skate to where it is right now, it'll be gone when you get there. So, you know, maybe they're wrong about Twitter. You're bearish on Twitter. You might be right. Maybe that's not where they should be looking. But they're trying to cover all their bases. Now SportsCenter is, is going to be on Snapchat and Twitter. Where else should it be? Well, you know, maybe soon they're, they do a Facebook-only SportsCenter. Well, I don't know. But everything is converging. And, of course, the final result, you and I have discussed this on shows. I think the, the next ironic thing will be the pendulum swinging back to people realizing after they cut the cord Five years later, they realized, wait a minute, I'm paying for so many special different premium subscriptions. Cable looks pretty good. Well, so, all right, so let's end on kind of
1: a discussion about this. Um, And I want to ask you something here. You use the phrase where where the puck is going, and you alluded a little bit to where you think it might be going, which is essentially uh, some sort of stasis where the cable bundle survives ish, something like that. But um, I don't know, I mean, big big picture, like, where, where do you think this all goes? Because right now, the only thing that I can see, um, and maybe, you know, again, I'm just not, I don't know, I'm not enough of a visionary to, to see how everyone survives and makes money here. But the only thing I see is every single option ultimately getting watered down or worse yes. or more fragmented. And the whole reason that all this stuff, and by stuff we mean live sports events, was so valuable, is because it was in one centralized place you had to go to. And every you had to time, pay for it. Right, yep. And you had to pay for it. And every time something comes in, not only is it somewhere disparate, but it's usually free.
0: Yep. Uh, I agree completely. There won't be anything soon enough that is exclusive where you've got to pay because this event is only on this one place. No way. Now, this sucks for the... Uh, cable networks. This is just what they didn't want to see happen. but event, you know, and, they, and they've dragged their heels, God knows. Uh, but eventually, it has to get more and more close to something like a la carte. But if it goes full a la carte, then why do the networks even exist? But you know, it's like, eventually, what we all want is, forget the bundle. Goodbye, bundle. I will just pay for yeah, the channels I, I want.
1: I agree with Rich Greenfield right. on that one. Sure.
0: Although that he's trying to make that hashtag happen. It's not like yeah, trying I, to make Fetch happen. I think he's probably right. Anyway. Uh, you know, I would happily pay a fee to just get, literally just get, HBO, Showtime, ESPN, Food Network. <laughs> H- you know. HGTV? No, no, I don't care about oh, that. Oh, you don't do HGTV? My girlfriend would want Bravo. Oh, HGTV is the best network. It's the best channel. Yeah, they can't do this yet because of these long-term deals that last for years and years. But eventually... As you say, they're getting watered down. Look no further than what NFL has done with Thursday Night Football. First, they gave, like, one game to Yahoo, our own company. We were the first to live stream an NFL game. That was actually a Sunday morning game from London. But then the next year, okay, they give some to Twitter. Then the next year, Amazon outbids Twitter, pays much more. That was this season. And Amazon gets to show 10 Thursday Night Football games. If you are, who shows Thursday night? ESPN? No, ESPN's Monday. Now. No, NFL Network and CBS. CBS. And if soon you it will, are CBS, soon it will be Fox. You don't love that. You're like, well, I want the games only to be on CBS. But they say, no, no, it's okay. It's only for Amazon Prime members. It, you won't even feel the the hurt. You know, the, the you won't see a difference or a drop. Not many people watch. I'm sure that in backdoor closed meetings, the NFL people have said things like, "It's just an ad play. Don't worry, it's it's negligible." But then we know that next year they've they've renewed with Amazon. I think Amazon is paying even more. You're right. Eventually, every night is also being shown on some kind of streaming platform, and it's up to that platform whether to charge or not. So eventually, it doesn't look so nice for the cable networks, but it was always too cushy. It has to get better for consumers. Yeah. I mean, I think – I guess – I guess it feels like it's getting
1: a little bit worse for consumers and for the broadcast partners.
0: Right, and that's like, it's like the old joke, if you're, you know, it's like whatever you're doing, I don't know, planning a wedding, if everyone is unhappy, then you know you've done something right, as long as everyone's equally unhappy. Right, Right. yeah. Instead of, one side gets their way and the other doesn't.
1: Right, and I guess, (laughs) um, I mean, the other thing too is like, it just feels like everything, everywhere, and every facet of life is becoming more customized to what you want but in an effort to get there, things are in more places. They're in different places. And you end up not being able to find anything you right, want. Exactly. And you just sort of end <laughs> up in a circle where you go on Twitter. And, I people, mean, that,
0: that's like, and people are going to get frustrated along the way.
1: Right. There's just like endless things that in theory I could do or should do or whatever. But you know what I do when I go home? After work, a lot of times I sit on the couch and I open Twitter on my phone like an idiot, like I do all day at work. And it just sort of feels like right. the promise of the world has left us all behind and all oh we end up doing. And
0: we're all going to just- die.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure it'll get better in the next 10 years, but certainly the last 10 years have made quote-unquote progress in a direction that I don't think a lot of people um, feel like it's progress. And that um, has nothing to do with the political climate. That's just like the things that are in front of us and in our pockets and that we consume are just not as great as they were supposed to be.
0: Well, and you say you're you're sure it'll get better in 10 years. I was going to say or, and I don't just mean this as a joke. This is another serious take and prediction people have. Or in 10 years, you just have more money, so you pony up for cable. And, you know, the cord cutters are just the young people who don't want to pay for cable because it's too expensive. I, I do think you get older and you realize, actually, cable's pretty good. I'll just I, pay for cable. I, I
1: do think there's a future world in which every trend that everyone, whether it's in retail, food, uh, sports content media that has glommed onto is essentially an, an effect of You're millennials young. graduating into a post-financial crisis economy exactly. that got better, and therefore they turned yep. out to be a lot like their parents. I am very sympathetic yes. to that worldview. In which case, I suppose you and I can uh, drive our Suburbans to Costco and
0: you know exactly hang right. out and go to soccer and games. And we'll get our lawn seed and and then we'll watch cable together. That's it, and we won't watch Twitter. Well, this has been another great episode of the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook podcast. Love talking about the future of digital media and live sports, and we will always keep a tab on it. Check back with us soon. We'll be covering all of the golf majors this summer. I'm sure we'll have Miles back on, and we'll talk about all the other great sports and the sports business narratives that there are to follow. You can always rate, review, and subscribe to the Sportsbook podcast and find us on any platform every Thursday morning. Goodbye.